Okay, welcome to another episode of the Startup Sack Podcast, where we do interviews with Sacramento startup founders and innovators. Today, I'm at the offices of Modetta Ventures in Folsom uh, with associate partner Savia Das. Welcome, Savia. Thanks for having me, Jeff. All right, let's start off with you introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about your background first, and then we'll kind of launch into uh, background about Moneta. Sure. So I have been a Folsom resident since I was pretty much five years old. Uh, lived here, went to school, pre-K all the way through 12, um, and went to college at UC Berkeley. Uh, dabbled around in different things, went in pre-med, but then I've lived in technology my whole life. My parents are both technologists. My dad was at Intel for... 21 years, so I've been surrounded by it, um, and decided that's where I wanted to end up again. So, finished with a major in cognitive science and computational modeling, and decided that I wanted to get back into tech. Um, and this is right around the time that Moneta was just starting to form. Um, so, I had the chance to work with all the founders of Moneta um, at the previous venture before I went off to college okay. as an intern. So, it was a cool opportunity to get back involved. Um, and so, I applied, and they said, you know, come on board, and took me on as an analyst for the summer, uh -huh. um, joined on then, and I've been here since pretty much day one of the fund, um, and did not want to go back to the Bay. So when did when did Moneta launch? Launched 2014. 2014, that's what I thought. That was the first fund. Okay, so for those who aren't familiar with Moneta, um, Moneta Ventures, it's pretty much the main venture VC fund here in the Sacramento area. Can you tell us a little bit about the origins of Moneta, uh, who started it, um, and why, and what you guys do? Sure, so like Jeff said, we're an early stage venture capital firm um, founded by Lokesh Sikaria um, with other two partners, Denise and Vaibhav. And the four of us make up the investment team here. Um, we invest primarily in technology and healthcare companies, uh, majority of which are in the Sacramento area. So we aim for about 70% of capital to, to be deployed here. Um, and so VCs invest in you know companies ranging from very small to people, startups all the way up to you know the Ubers of the world. Um, and so we kind of focus somewhere in between that. We're on the Series A um, seed stage companies. Mm -hmm. um, and the origin of Moneta pretty much was to fill a void in the Sacramento landscape where there was no access to early stage capital for startups. Um, so Lokesh, um, Vibhav and Denise have all worked together for about 20 years. And they've grown two companies locally uh, from, you know, very little to over 300 million and 125 million dollars in revenue, respectfully, uh, respectively, and um, had pretty great acquisitions out of that. Um, but in both those cases, the companies were not venture backed. They were, you know, either bootstrapped or mm -hmm. organically grew. Mm -hmm. um, and the second company, Sparta Consulting, where I got to intern at, was pretty much backed purely by employees and bootstrapped by the founders. Mm -hmm. um, so in both those cases, they realized there's no money to be handed out here for high growth companies. and because of that, they started Moneta Ventures. Um, okay. So, first, you know. did they kind of uh, reach where they wanted to go with their prior companies, or, or just wanted to do something to give back, or what was kind of the motivation for for starting Moneta? Yes, I mean it was a bit of both. So, like any other VC, the primary primary goal is to provide a return to your investors and to make money. So. Um, it wasn't really altruistic, but at the same time, uh, they've been in Sacramento their whole lives, and they realized that this is a really great way to help entrepreneurs here and grow the grow the ecosystem. Um, and that was the main idea. Okay, so that was back in 2014. Um, can you talk a little bit about what verticals or um, you mentioned technology and healthcare? Are there any particular aspects of of technology or healthcare that you focus on? And, and talk a little bit about what. Uh, what stage as far as, you mentioned seed and series A, 
Um, kind of, what are you looking for as far as the stage and the vertical uh, of, of startups that, that look to you for funding? Sure. So since we are one of the uh, few players here in the, in the VC space, we like to stay purposefully broad in our investment thesis. It uh, helps us find the best deals. Um, and so if we need to stray from our you know, sweet spot a little bit to find the best uh, entrepreneurs, best deals, we're open to doing that. Mm -hmm. um, but we pretty much just look for great founders and um, great teams that have some traction. So by seed in Series A, what I mean is that everyone changes their definition of that depending <laughs> on where they are. Um, and Sacramento being a smaller economy than San Francisco, a seed round there could be equivalent to a Series B round here because right. they you know, hand out $5 million seed rounds right. and that's a pretty large round for a Sacramento startup. Uh -huh. um, so for us, what we think of as seed in Series A um, are for companies that are raising the first institutional round um, and have generated some revenue. So what we say is typically half a million dollars to about uh, $10 million in annualized revenue. So we come in when the company's making about $45,000 a month, um, typically recurring revenue, mm -hmm. is the stage that we start to look at them at. 45000 a month, yeah. MRR. MRR, mm -hmm. that's pretty much where we come in. Um, and we're writing checks between half a million to $2 million as an initial investment. And we've been averaging about a million dollars historically as our first check-in, mm -hmm. and we reserve a dollar for every two dollars we put in as follow-on capital. Okay. Interesting. Um, so are there, you've got a portfolio, maybe talk a little bit about your portfolio, some examples of some of the companies you've invested in. Sure. Um, so people can equate Moneta with, with, I know, like SupportPay, I think, is one. Yeah. Um, We've invested in a lot of, lot of local companies. So we have two funds now. Uh, the first fund that we started in 2014 has 15 portfolio companies. Um, and you've had two exits out of that fund. Um, and with that, the idea was to kind of mimic Sacramento, so technology and healthcare. Um, and with the second fund, we're trying to add in agricultural technology as mm -hmm. well. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of the Sacramento DNA, mm -hmm. retail, tech, healthcare, and ag is kind of what we see as the mm -hmm. area's strengths um, outside of government. and Retail, huh? Okay. I mean, it's a lot of the big successes here. You have Sleep Train, oh, okay. uh, you have you know Rayleigh's, a lot of homegrown, almost brick and mortar retail successes. Mm -hmm. um, and Dale actually sleep trains one well on our investment board, okay. um, and given us a lot of advice on that front. But um, some local successes we have, uh, the ones that have raised some funding uh, recently as well. Um, in our first fund, we had Engage Three, uh, okay. based out of Davis, um, and that's a great example of a company that's using local strengths to kind of boost it. So they're retail technology, mm -hmm. um, and what they do is pretty much price optimization um, down to individual people. So they're able to, you know find what people buy, how to give discounts to individuals based on competitive intelligence. Um, and the founders of that actually had a company that was sold to SAP for $200 million wow. uh, a few years ago. And um, this is kind of their, their second act. And so incredible talent there. And um, they are one of our you know breakout companies from, from Fund One. Mm -hmm. um, we also have uh, Telemed to You, which is based okay. in Rockland. Um, and we invested in them about a year and a half ago, two years ago, and they've grown in revenue, they've doubled in revenue since then. Um, and what they do is pretty much provide specialty medicine care over telemedicine. Telemedicine, so okay. Access to dermatologists, mm -hmm. psychiatrists, etc., um, to, you know, hospitals and patients over mm -hmm. telemedicine. And it's something unique that, you know, there's a lot of players that are trying to build the next telemedicine platform, but these guys have actually managed to connect specialty care doctors to people directly when they wouldn't be able to do that otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and you probably heard of Fantag as well. Uh -huh. So one of our more recent investments out of Fund2, um, and a lot of people have heard of them, but um, pretty much providing ways for fans of any live event to instantly experience what happened without having to record the entire event 
and just tap, tag the moment and they can get looped into all the high quality streams at a sporting event or a music concert or something. Yeah, very so, cool um, guy. I, I chatted with uh, Brian I was with an interview uh, back in like April, I believe. Okay, yeah. Brian's absolutely awesome and they were uh, probably one of our favorite pitches because they came in and they did a live demo for us, oh, cool. which is risky for any company pitching mm -hmm. the first time and it's <laughs> going to go wrong seamlessly and so it's been, it's been great since then. Awesome. Any that you see as being really potentially disruptive and innovative to society or to tech in the future? I mean, I think Fantag's got the potential to really disrupt how people share video. Yeah. Any others come to mind as far as absolute disruptors? Yeah, so we have a company, so we have a list of companies actually right there on the wall for, for you to see. Mm -hmm. um, and so 22 so far. Um, and each of them that we see that we've invested in have some kind of niche that they're going in. So when we think of disruption, it's less about just having an IP that can immediately disrupt the industry, but it's pretty much finding a niche in something with that technology. Like Fantac, for example, um, talked about you know sharing videos, but in reality, it can be used for so much more. A good example that we always talk about is uh, education or education conferences. Um, you think about students that currently the way they experience college education is they sit in lectures, mm -hmm. take notes, maybe have a webcast to watch later. But if you're sitting in that lecture and you have some notes and you tag a moment that's important to you, you suddenly have 30-second ah. clips of information that you can then go back on instead of trying to watch a two-hour-long lecture. Um, and Very so cool. I think it's a really cool application of some technology. Um, and same with Engage3. Uh, in terms of like retail optimization, you think of it as you know advertising or making money, which is why they want to get work with retail stores. But as an individual, if I can have a tailored way to go shopping and tell me that I can save... 30% of my monthly bill on groceries by shopping for X at this store and Y at that store. It increases discretionary spending for Americans and it's mm -hmm. a really, really useful technology in, in civic technology as well. Cool. So I think with all of these startups, um, they start at a place where they can you know, generate revenue, prove out their model and market, and then actually disrupt that industry. Okay. So we talked a little bit about your, uh, your portfolio there, and I'm sure a lot of founders um, in the area you're going to want to come knocking at your door um, and I, I deal I see a lot of founders every week and a lot of founders have a notion that once they have an idea they just need to find an investor to give them some money so they can build out the idea um, but from a VC perspective what kinds of things do you want to see we talked a little bit about you want to see a certain amount of MRR um, but what else are you looking for from a startup founder besides a certain amount of revenue per month like for example the team uh, composition, uh, what other things are you looking for? Sure, so to your first point that you know a lot of people go in with the idea with the thought that they can pitch an idea and get funding to build it out, most VCs and investors won't fund an idea mm -hmm. um, and that's true pretty much everywhere now yeah. um, and the reason is there's just too many good opportunities to fund that are already gaining traction mm -hmm. and also the risk profile of funding an idea is um, disproportionate to the value. Um, what I always say is you take the idea as far as you can on your own. Everyone has different means of how to get mm -hmm. their idea or business off the ground and some people don't have the financial means to get it to a product. Mm -hmm. um, but however far you can take it by bootstrapping, whether it's you know developing a fully fleshed out business plan or putting together a minimum viable product, mm -hmm. you should try for that first um, on your own. Um, and then after that, tap into resources around you to get to the next step, whether that's you know some angels you might know or friends and family mm -hmm. to help get there and try to get some demonstrable traction before going to institutional investors. 
Um, so you mentioned it's not just revenue, but other metrics that would be really useful um, before I get to the team is, you know, actual users on the platform, Number active users. user count, user retention, um, or just customer retention in general. Um, loyalty and retention numbers a lot of times mean more than absolute numbers. Mm -hmm. People can be, you know, making half a million dollars a year or a month, but it's like 30% retention. Mm. And so they have to keep putting money in to get new customers, whereas someone could be making half that and retaining 95% of their customers. So different metrics for different mm -hmm. um, different businesses and verticals. Sure. Um, that, that, those are things that we like to look at. Mm -hmm. So getting into what we like to see other than just you know, revenue. Um, you mentioned team. Um, that is probably one of the most important things. So there's a lot of other stuff, but the team is kind of a make or break uh, to whether we want to continue with them. Um, Founder obviously has to be capable and um, have some subject matter expertise mm -hmm. and be a good business person in knowing things, um, but also has to have surrounded himself with people that can fill that skills gap. So uh, we always like to say not everyone has to be an all-star, mm -hmm. but you have to have complementary skill sets that make you know the management team an all-star. Um, but then the other big thing we see in founders is transparency, uh, honesty. That helps from the, from day one, mm -hmm. um, as well as you know a willingness to work together. I think if you butt heads in a pitch meeting, it leads to a <laughs> very bad uh, it bodes bodes ill for the future. Yeah, and if they say something and you go do your due diligence and you find something different or something they've hidden, they're not going to make it right. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so so what are some of the shortcomings or gaps you typically see in startups that want to pitch a VC? Um, Besides the revenue, um, their team's not ready. Um, are there any other, you know, things that people, founders out there, could could work on yeah. before they come and pitch to you? Sure. Um, so shortcomings, gaps in general. One, one big one that we've seen is a lack of focus um, in in the business, mm -hmm. uh, which pretty much means people have grand visions, and that's great, and that's hopefully what they hope to achieve. But a lot of the companies that we get pitched by. Um, We'll be operating in a billion-dollar market or a ten billion-dollar market, um, and they pitch to us with the thought process that their product or service can conquer that market. Um, and our thought is, we're investing in the Series A stage. There's no way that you know a Series A company will compete with the IBM, Googles, mm -hmm. and Intels of the world. Um, and so, the lack of focus. By that, by that I mean having a niche focus. They're trying to be too broad. Beginning. Way too broad, and. Um, just overly lofty goals, um, and that comes across in the pitch, um, and it's not it's not concise. Uh, that's one of the very important things is that you know demonstrate traction in one part of your business, and then using the funds that you raise, you can then grow that. Um, it's probably one of the biggest things. Mm -hmm. um, the other shortcoming that we see a lot is, and it's a lot of lo lo local um, lo local shortcoming as well as also in the Bay, but um, embellishment. Uh, <laughs> is one word I'd use um, because you know everyone likes to copy the metrics of the Snapchats or Facebooks, mm -hmm. and very few companies actually make it there. Um, the quality of your metrics might not be that high, so um, that goes back to the point about transparency: mm -hmm. is um, understanding your business, your data, your metrics, and presenting that correctly. You know, we've had companies that will come and pitch to us that are have twenty million dollar sales pipeline. Um, and maybe a hundred thousand dollars in sales, right? Mm -hmm. And when we dig into it, you know, you're either not capable of closing deals or you're just making up your sales pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, and so that level of understanding of you know what business looks like, how to like talk talk to investors about financials and metrics, is something that we definitely think 
could be worked on. Okay. Yeah. So any so wrapping up the advice for founders, if for the founders, entrepreneurs out there who are listening, what other pieces of advice would you give them um, before coming to pitch you or anybody else? Sure. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, top five things to do before pitching to a VC, Business Insider kind of articles, uh -huh. and I help people read those because uh -huh. they're really useful. Um, but the one thing that I think is incredibly useful is um, seeking mentorship and advice. Mm. Um, I don't like the word mentor that much because it gets overused, but mm. just advisors and people that can help you through the early process. Um, I always say, you know, it's like you don't need to reinvent the wheel of starting a business. Um, you might have a very unique idea, but the processes that are in place to get it off the ground are tried and true. And so find people that have done it before or have done it and failed um, and have them advise you through that process. Um, so seeking that network, 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 mm -hmm. and find the right people to help you with your business is probably the one thing that many people don't do until it's too late. Um, so I would really recommend doing that. Okay, that's, and that's often something we hear from the founders themselves too, or that's saying mentorship is key. So I think that's something we maybe need to work on here in Sacramento is, is expanding our, building our mentorship network. Um, so, moving back to kind of um, the Sacramento region as a whole, you guys launched in 2014. Yeah. What kinds of changes have, have you guys seen in the local startup community since then? How has the ecosystem evolved and, and grown or, or not grown for that matter? What's your opinion on that? We have a group like Startup Sac now, which <laughs> we didn't before. So, I think there's been a large flurry of economic activity at all levels, from the grassroots level all the way up to you know, larger organizations, uh, you have Barry Broom and Greater Sacramento, who are, you know, doing a great job of giving Sacramento a voice to, you know, companies big and small. Mm -hmm. They've relocated many companies here. They're working on a lot of big deals to bring jobs locally. Um, and so it's putting Sacramento on the map. Um, we've seen a lot of, I don't know if they were around before necessarily, but a lot more co-working and accelerator mm -hmm. spaces crop up recently, mm -hmm. um, which I think is awesome. Um, I think it gets founders that you know have an idea or something and don't know how to put it on paper or build a business model and all that stuff it provides some kind of curriculum and framework and it gives them access to that mentorship network completely about, yeah. yeah i think that's that's huge um and it's filling in the gaps between you know ideation to funding um mm -hmm. there's a lot of things and i think we've seen people try to fill in those spaces um and it's it's been going pretty great so far okay so there's been some big announcements in the last few months about new funds here in the region, including Kevin Nagel's funds here. Energy has one. You're raising a new fund. What do you think um, Sacramento's funding landscape will be like, say, a year from now or five years from now? Uh, we're obviously not going to be Silicon Valley sure. and Sand Hill Road, but how do you see us evolving as far as just the funding in the VC realm? Yeah, sure. So for, for us, we are hoping to wrap up our fundraise over the next you know three to six months mm -hmm. um, and my goal for Moneta at least over the next year is to have deployed you know significant more capital locally um, and get back into fully funding I hope the other funds that you mentioned everyone else has a solid plan and has started raising um, so we've always said that we're really excited about all that uh, Sacramento could use a lot more capital mm -hmm. um, five years from now what I hope is that we become kind of a microcosm of Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. So they have a 45 year head start on everyone else. So <laughs> you can't be Silicon Valley right. overnight. But the microcosm of that I mean is people that are focused on different stages and different verticals. So we're almost a, a generalist fund regionally where we focus on different verticals um, and almost different stages. Um, but when you have enough players in the region, 
you can have people that are, we're very good at technology, yeah, so we can be in that, and you can have people that are, you know, IoT, AR, VR players, uh -huh. and it's slowly cropping up. Um, uh -huh. John Gregory uh, and the Green Screen Institute oh, yeah. had a city, uh, you know, it's AR focused, AR, VR focused accelerator. Um, so more things like that, uh, where they can be, you know, having fund managers that know exactly what it is that they're investing in and accelerate those companies much quicker. That's what I really hope for. And we could use, you know, seed stage angel funds um, all the way up to much later, later stage funds like Central Valley and DCA. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I hope that more capital flows in for that. Okay. So beyond funding, uh, what are your what do you see the the strengths of the Sacramento startup ecosystem, and as what do we need to do to improve besides get more funding in here to make us a stronger, uh, more competitive community for startups? Sure, um, we have a lot of a lot of strengths, a lot of assets. Um, the biggest one is talent. People always say that talent is lacking, and yet everyone that I talk to here looking for a job says that there's no companies looking to hire and so I think that that's a discrepancy and mm. there actually is a lot of talent so across you know, the different verticals you have the Intel HP um, of the world uh, that are have a lot of great engineers managers that amazing talent that are looking to go into the entrepreneurship mm -hmm. world um, so we have a lot of talent connecting them to the new startups coming in helping them start their own businesses I think is something that we should capitalize on now um, but that's that's one great asset we have amazing universities here. Um, I know a couple of our startups almost hire exclusively out of UC Davis, Sac State, mm -hmm. and Chico State. Um, and they have some of the like the greatest hustlers and uh, talent in, in technology and, and HR marketing. Um, and so we have that going for us. Um, we now have government that's really on our side <laughs> and actually investing, right? Uh -huh. um, a lot of times people think it's an impediment to economic growth, um, but lately it seems like it's been more of a we'll help you or we'll stay out of your way as you progress uh, with, the, with the Rails grant um, and things like that coming out of the mayor's office. So I think that um, those are some definite assets for us going forward. Um, and then just capital coming in now. We have a pretty broad angel network going from Davis and uh, Sacramento all around the region, mm -hmm. um, which has been great. Um, so all the small, we have a little bit of everything. Uh, I think we need to grow, grow that more. Okay. So here's a shot, maybe when we're wrapping things up, a kind of a shot out of left field here. Um, a few months ago, Comstock Magazine ran this column, their buzzwords column, and they were asking people um, about the word, um, oh shoot, I'm forgetting what it is, a unicorn. Um, so we were, they were asking, um, will Sacramento ever see a unicorn? And so why don't you get your thoughts on that? What's it going to take for Sacramento sure. to get our first unicorn? Uh, a lot of it is luck. Um, not luck in the sense that it could just happen, but in the sense that many startups fail mm -hmm. um, and it's a, it's a volume game. Mm -hmm. So we hope that if we invest in you know 50 companies by the end of Fund 2, one of them will have reached that status and um, we're going to do everything we can to make it happen. I think it's important that Sacramento has a, has a unicorn or a, a, a decacorn or whatever you want to call it <laughs> going forward. Um, and the reason I say that is because for, like I said earlier, the greatest thing you can do is to bootstrap your company as far as you can get it. Um, and if you have a company that grows to that, that level, it will have hundreds if not thousands of employees um, and you know the first hundred employees at a company usually come out great financially. And they're going to go off and invest and start their own. Exactly. And so they will become angel investors, they'll become mm -hmm. entrepreneurs in themselves, right? And so I think that we should do everything we can to have that happen. And so building a base of strong 
startups here with great business fundamentals that can grow um, and make more millionaires um, is the key to having more startups come back and start here, homegrown. Um, so I hope it happens in the next five years. Oh, cool. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad you're optimistic, it sounds like. So we want to thank you again for your time to wrap up. And first of all, ask, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with Sacramento, the, the entrepreneurs out there? Any shout outs? Yeah, I mean, all our portfolio companies love you guys. <laughs> entrepreneurs that are aspiring to grow. Um, there's a lot of resources around here. Um, I would loop into all the events. I know you guys post mm -hmm. pretty much everything that happens um, on your website as well as Startup mm -hmm. Digest. Mm -hmm. um, so come out to as many of those as possible because um, there's a lot of cool learning happening, but also just networking. And I know people think networking is not necessarily always useful, but in a small, tight-knit community like Sacramento, it's great to be it is. connected. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm an introvert, and I've, networking is, is critical here. And yeah. Even though it's hard for me to do, it's critical. Yeah, and, and for us at Manette, at least for me personally, um, people reach out to me all the time, and most of the time companies are either too early or outside of our investment thesis. Mm -hmm. But um, I love getting coffee with you know local entrepreneurs here, uh, meeting with them just if not to learn what they're doing, but also how we can help them out outside of funding them. So. Um, my contact info is on our website, so like, shoot me an email, and I'd love to meet up with local entrepreneurs. Okay, that's monettaventures.com, is Correct. that right? Awesome. Yep. Well, thanks again for your time, and wish you guys best of luck in, with all your portfolio companies, with raising your round, and um, yeah, best of luck. Thank you.